I, I was that one person that did all the fat diets. I did it all, pills, shakes, uh, name it, I probably did it. And something that I'm now teaching my clients is to throw out everything they know about diets and ways of eating. And I think that is so hard for them when they hear me say that is like, well, how am I supposed to lose weight? But I truly want to teach people that to stop being afraid of food. Food is not the enemy. Hey there, my name's Dominica, and I'm obsessed with all things business and personal growth. Think of this podcast as a landing place for you to learn about all things business, marketing, money, health, and so much more. There's nothing on this podcast we shy away from, so grab your coffee, grab some headphones, and get ready to be challenged to become the best version of yourself. This is the Hustle, Heart, and Vision podcast. Hello and welcome to the podcast, Benny. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be. What makes me feel inspired every day is knowing that I can make a difference in someone else. That just makes it it ignites me and it makes me get up every morning being able to help and serve other people and practicing gratitude. I think that has been such a change in my life every day and it just it sets the tone for my day oh i love it so much i love hearing everyone's answers and i think that it's just so interesting to see what makes each person feel inspired and like their best self so yeah thank you for that and can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do Absolutely. So I'm I'm a mama too. I'm currently living in Japan and I love it. And I've been in the fitness industry for about six years. Fitness has always been part of my life since I was very young, but I started doing personal training one-on-one about six years ago. And then I moved into online coaching, group coaching for a while. And then it stopped. I kind of just needed to make a difference. It wasn't fulfilling me. Providing someone a meal plan and a workout plan just wasn't fulfilling to me. And on top of that, I was also dealing with my own eating um, habits and bad relationship with food. So it's something that I've dealt with my whole life. So I knew that I needed to find something that really fulfilled me, that changed my life, and that I can make a difference in someone else's life. So when I found, um, when I discovered that in my own self, I knew that I needed to find something, a program, um, a, a class, a mentor that can help me teach other women do the same. And then after healing myself and taking myself through that process and building that relationship I with food that I always wanted was so rewarding, not just to me, but then to be able to help other women. I launched my one-on-one program and now I help women heal from emotional eating habits and self-sabotaging behaviors. Oh, I definitely know the feeling of that. And I want to go back and say that I love Japan. I lived there for two years and I would go back in a heartbeat and live there. It was honestly the best, one of the best two years. And I just, I love the culture. I love Mm -hmm. 
how safe you always feel when you go out. And I love, you know what, speaking of eating habits, I love that there is zero pressure in Japanese culture to like eat to a certain health standard. If if you get what I mean. Yes, I do. And it's amazing how they eat so different than Americans, yet they seem so healthy. They're very active and it just seems like they don't worry about the food so much, just like we do. We're constantly thinking about the food and new fad diets and what's the next thing lined up. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I remember every restaurant that I went to, there was always like green tea Like that was like at the table, ready. But then there was just such a variety. Uh, I know that there's Cocos here in San Diego, but Mm -hmm. it's like nothing like the Cocos in Japan. It's not. (laughs) Oh my God. Uh, um, I've still yet to find a place that has spicy ramen the way that I loved it in Japan. Even though there's some places that have come close, but just not (laughs) the same. Spicy ramen was my number one. Or I feel like there's there's so many things I think I've tried in Japan that coming back to America, I was just like culturally shocked because the food, even at the 7-Eleven, is so Yes. (laughs) Yes. You go to a 7-Eleven and you can walk out of there with the full meal. Yes. Oh my goodness. Okay, y'all. I lived there when I was I was barely even eighteen, nineteen. So it for me it was kind of just like this big party. But (laughs) honestly, my favorite late night after some drink snack was the corn dog from Seven Eleven. Yes, the best corn dog of my life. To this day, I'll say. I don't know if you've ever noticed, but even when you eat out and it's not, it's deep fried or it's rice and noodles, it's, it just feels different in your body. Yes. I don't know. I've heard many people here say it's even when you eat McDonald's, it feels healthier. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Yeah. There's so many things that because it's been so long that now we're just kind of bringing up and. I'm so glad. I usually never really get to meet people who have lived in Japan before to like have this conversation, especially because after when I moved back from Japan, I almost felt like I never, I had definitely small moments and times where I dealt with like body image issues living in Japan. Um, mainly because they make clothes really, really tiny there, y'all. Yes. <laughs> yes. They don't make clothes for curvy women. Uh, or w- women with curves, let's just say. Even if you're a smaller size woman, like, I don't know. You have to order your clothes uh, from yes, the U.S. Yes, you do. <laughs> but... I never like felt guilt around food. Like every time I would eat out, like I would have sweets or, oh my God, when I would go snowboarding, like it was like a normal thing to have like a Sapporo beer. If you guys don't know, it's like Japanese beer. So like have Mm -hmm. beer and like it's just so embedded into the culture, like Mm -hmm. food in general. It is. 
It is. And I have to say, um, this is our second time in Japan. My husband's um, in the military. It's our second tour here, and, and I love it. And I love the fact that this time around, I, I have that healthy relationship with food because the first time around, I deprived myself from so much. And like you said, you have to be a foodie when you're in a different country because the food is amazing and not being able to feel afraid to eat and try and enjoy the food and everything is amazing. Food, carb. I agree. And it's actually so nice to be around it because, like you said, they're not focused on what they're eating. They eat to fuel their body, they stay active, and you can tell. You can just see it. I think that Americans are just too, I think that's why our culture is the way it is because we are so focused on the foods and obviously it's not probably the most cleanest, healthiest food that we have, which is sad because I'm, I'm American and it's, it's something needs to change. <laughs> yes, especially like you said, like they're so active and, it, and it's totally in a different way. Yeah. Because when I did the hike to the top of Mount Fuji, I was blown away when I saw like full-blown families with like two, Mm -hmm. three-year-olds hiking Mount Fuji. (laughs) Or when I would go to different temples and again, blown away that I would see like very elderly people hiking to these temples. And the amount of stairs they had to go up. 300 500 steps just to get to the top a lot of people don't believe me when i say oh yeah we just went up like three to five hundred steps up and because it's it that's how active they are and i think sometimes i catch myself out of breath more than older japanese people going up there because they probably do them all the time we're in okinawa okay i was in iwakuni oh that's where we were the first time Oh my god. Wait, yeah. when were you there? 20, 2015 through 18. Oh my god, I just left in the beginning of 2015. How funny oh is wow. that? <laughs> yeah, I left in February 2015. That wow. is so funny. And now Iwakuni is so different. I've heard from a lot of people that I kept in touch with it's, that it's really, really nice now. I've heard. I've been there just the airport but the flight line, but not not to visit. And, and it's on our list of places to take, go back. My daughter was born there and we definitely want to take her and just see where she uh, she was born and take her around because it's beautiful. I have to say it's, it's beautiful. I miss it so much. Okinawa is so different. It's so much different than Iwakuni, but we still love it here. We're on an island. <laughs> It's beautiful. Yes. Oh my gosh. And you've been to uh, Miyajima, Deer Island. Yeah. And had all of the good oysters and green yes. tea goodies. Okay. Y'all, I'm, I'm going to stop now. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to turn into a whole podcast episode. I just, I love it. I love it because I think I just, I love, after living there, like, It's just, I love Japanese culture. And again, Mm -hmm. it was really like the love of food that made me gain so much friends and meet new people Mm -hmm. because of that. So So true. Oh, man. I have to say, um, after putting myself through healing, 
<clears throat> I learned so much that our eating habits actually don't come from food and they they come from past trauma even our childhood a lot of people develop their eating habits from their parents and not to blame our parents but the, the childhood trauma either past relationships is where those bad habits come from and we sometimes grow into adults carrying those bad habits and that is why a lot of these struggles in changing the the I guess your habits with food or relationship with food is difficult because there's that vicious cycle many people have in losing weight, gaining weight, losing weight, gaining weight because we're not really healing the root of the cause, the, your, the actual problem that you have that is causing you to soothe yourself and gravitate to certain mindless the mindless eating is i think one of the ones that people just don't realize because i i hear it so many times where i was like wow i didn't even notice i was eating that until they actually focus or track or write down what they're eating when people are paying attention to what they're putting in their bodies they realize that they were doing and people sometimes I, I hear it when they say wow I, I wasn't really I, I wasn't realizing how much I was putting in my body or what I was putting in my body because they're so mindless of what they're doing and I think that is one of the the, the hardest ones because the other ones is binge eating people know you're binge eating um, emotional eating people eat with stress and stuff but the mindless one is one to pinpoint people have trouble with. Definitely one of the habits that people don't realize lead to these increases in their weight. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there, there's other ones that I think that people need to really identify first. But I think that one is the one people are more clueless about. Yeah. I, because... Yes. I think there's a lot of like pressure and you can say whether you agree or disagree, but I think there's a lot of pressure, especially in like Western society to kind of have like this perfect, always tailoring eating to your macros and macros, 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 especially because <laughs> the fitness industry has become so big since like 2013 yeah, I would say at least 2013. And yeah. I think, especially even for me, like I can attest to this, that it kind of, for me at certain points, has thrown me off of just understanding my own hunger cues. And yeah. like, am I ignoring my hunger? Or do I not have hunger because I'm working on intuitive eating and then I am ignoring hunger cues or the hunger cues are not there and then I end up only eating once or twice a day. 
Yes. I agree. And something that I, I, I was that one person that did all the fat diets. I did it all, pills, shakes, uh, name it, I probably did it. And something that I'm now teaching my clients is to throw out everything they know about diets and ways of eating. And I think that is so hard for them when they hear me say that is like, well, how am I supposed to lose weight? But I truly want to teach people that to stop being afraid of food. Food is not the enemy. And like you said, it's having that balance, having the ability to pick and choose what you want to eat when you're eating, eating clean, eating um, a burger or having gathering and enjoying the, the drinks. I really teach my clients to do that. And, and I think that is so important, especially now that the culture of fitness industry is changing. And I think learning how to eat is just, it's the new way. It's going to be the new way coaches and, and personal trainers are going to be teaching their clients because I think they've realized that fat diets are not without. First, when I start working with my client, the first step that someone needs to recognize is their eating patterns. What is it? How are you eating first? and then what triggers. And once that you can identify those two things, you can start changing and looking at food very differently because people, they're either too strict and they go with that all or nothing mentality and then they stop, or they're very good Monday through Friday midday and then everything goes out the window. And I think that the moment people really understand where all these eating habits that you have come from, you can make the changes. You can definitely make the changes because you're no longer soothing something that is holding. The one book that I recommend, that I love and uh, recommend everyone to read, whether it's about food or just a relationship with your partner or boss, it's called A Loving What Is from Brian Katie. And this book, it's a book you'll read and it's kind of like a, a workbook and she talks about doing the work. And that really um, relates to what I put my clients through. It's about doing the work. And this book really helps you dive deep into any emotional patterns you have or anything that is really any limiting beliefs that you may have about either um, food or your relationship with other people really helps you dissect that. And I think that it's such a great book. I think everyone should read it, whether it's about food or relationship. Okay, yeah, I will definitely have to leave that one in the show notes for the listeners so that way they can easily find it on Amazon. And I'll also try to find it on Barnes and Nobles for those of you who are not wanting to support Amazon because I know I have some people who listen and they don't. Um, so I'll leave those two options for you. And, you know, I would love to know now this second time around in Japan how you're enjoying and embracing the foods and all of the culture. Wow, I have to say yes, it's very different this time around um, because I'm no longer restricting myself. 
I, I have that healthy relationship. I'm very active and enjoying the food here is, has been amazing. I love it because I no longer feel like I have to eat it all. I was like, I have to stuff my face because I'm not going to have it again. We go out, we enjoy the food. I don't have that guilt about enjoying the ramen or enjoying cocos or even the pastries. The pastries here are amazing because I know that I'm no longer, one, soothing myself emotionally and I'm active. I, I think when you have that balance between both, you're able to enjoy it without feeling so guilty. So I love it. I love it. We do all the hikes. The gyms here are amazing and I don't have to worry about that. No, I was agreeing with you. Yeah, the yeah. desserts are, they're like a, a piece of art because they're even the ones. Even the ones in 7-Eleven are a piece of art. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Okay, tell me if you agree, but even the fruit in Japan is on a whole nother level. The it pineapple is. is so good. It's so good. And y'all, I've been to Hawaii. I'm sorry, Japan trumps. Japan trumps. <laughs> okay, I haven't been to Hawaii, but I have to say yes, I agree. The, the fruits, the vegetables are just, they feel so much cleaner, organic. I love shopping at the grocery stores here. I don't even shop at the commissary <laughs> because one, it's ex expensive. And even though the groceries here, the local groceries are very expensive. I mean, some of the fruit I don't even buy because it's expensive, but strawberries, if you're paying $5 for five strawberries they're going to be good <laughs> they're going to be good yes i do remember that that the fresh produce is a bit pricey like one pineapple would be seven dollars or yeah. like six dollars but it was so worth it in the end and um especially like all the snacks because usually next to every grocery store is a daiso Yes. So, yes, <laughs> I would go in there and I would get all of the wonderful snacks that now I'm seeing at a lot of grocery stores here, mm -hmm. like the Haichus and the Pocky, the Pokey Sticks. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. But there's so many other snacks that I don't know the name to you, but green tea Kit Kats. So, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yes. All of the different flavored <laughs> Kit Kats. So I love it. And... I would just kind of love to know too, like how you help your clients really break free from their limiting beliefs that they may have around. So I do have a five phase program that I take my client through. And like I said, the first step is first identifying the patterns and then the, and I think that once they identify what triggers them, it's like a aha moment for them because a lot of people don't realize that sometimes in a disagreement with a partner or even just any emotional feeling, they, they gravitate to certain food. And then once they identify both of those steps, we move into rewiring the mind. And that can take a, a while for each client is different, 
but I the moment they start releasing and, and talk, I think the way they think about themselves, the way they talk to themselves, it's such a, a, a vital piece to them changing that relationship with food. And then we go through the process, the way they think about food, releasing. I have a lot of clients that are afraid to eat, incorporate carbs into their meals and their life. And I think the moment they start realizing how they're, it's eye-opening for them because not only are they feeling better, more energetic, and they're more mindful of what they're eating. So the moment they start seeing that, not only are they healing internally, they start seeing some of the weight that they're trying to drop. We don't focus on weight loss. This, I think that the weight loss is like that cherry on top because the weight comes off without having to try so hard. And once they start feeling good about themselves, they realize, wow, food isn't the problem. It's the way I was treating the food and soothing myself with it that was the issue. And I think that is such a big eye-opener and it gives the client the ability to just start changing the mindset they have with food and that relationship long-term. Absolutely. I love that. And I think a lot of people are still trying to balance and figure out their relationship with food. So I'm hoping that this podcast episode just kind of helps show listeners that you're not alone. And my workouts, I have to say, I have to get in a workout in the morning. Um, before I start my day it just it makes me more productive and it sets the tone for my day I still deal with my own emotional patterns and I'm still healing and it's an ongoing thing It, it is it's not like you heal and then you're cured right it's something you have to work on daily and my workout is something that I have to do to to get my day started and set the tone I have to say it just puts me in a better mood Ooh, I love it. I love hearing everyone's answers because they're so different. And yeah, it, it's just fun hearing all of it. And so before we end the podcast, how can my listeners find you and connect with you? They can find me on Instagram at Benny's Fitness, or they can go to my website at www.bennysfitness.com. Perfect. And for those of you listening, I will be leaving the links to her website and her Instagram in the show notes so you can reach out to her and let her know that you heard about her through the Hustle Heart and Vision podcast. And that way it'll make it 10 times easier so you don't have to search and scour the internet to get connected. (laughs) So I just wanted to say thank you again for coming on to the podcast. I truly appreciate it. And I know that so many people listening will really resonate with everything that you kind of have brought to the forefront and that we talked about. So again, I appreciate it so much. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure.